Hi there, my name is Brielle Swordland and I am a certified child life specialist in a level one trauma center pediatric emergency department. My role is to help kids and their families deal with the fear and anxiety of being in the hospital and getting through the hospital process and all of the procedures that might go along with that and trying to normalize it. Um, one piece of advice I have for the career physician is to utilize the thoughts and comments of your multidisciplinary team and to know that every single employee who works in your facility is part of your team um, is important and so a lot of people have unique experiences and they can bring a lot to the table and some of their ideas may be things you've never thought about so I think that is really important. I also think it's important to ask questions if you don't off the top of your head know something um, and to get more information from those people on your multidisciplinary team or other colleagues. I think your team will respect the fact that you're asking for clarification and asking for more information and asking questions because it shows that you're willing to learn and you're willing to grow as a provider. So I think those are two of the most important things as a early career physician um, because that's how you grow and that's how you become a better provider and that's what you got into this career for is to be able to help people. And so by growing, you're going to be able to help more people. I hope you enjoy. Hi, hello, this is Dr. Carol Jean-Nora. I am a board certified obstetrician and gynecologist and a primary care specialist. I'm originally from Haiti. I'm a, from a family of healers and I practice medicine in, from academia to private practice in San Diego to working with community clinics in Mexico, Haiti and the US. About 20 years ago, I burned out and I had to reinvent myself. My goal now is that as a mentor to resident at the UCSD School of Medicine, an activity healing mentor, and as a physician burnout prevention coach to physicians, I, uh, my goal is that no physician will have to leave medicine before retirement because of burnout. Uh, what are the pearl of wisdom I can give to you that I give to my residents and my physicians? Number one, you need to behold yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And how do you do that? Uh, take an inventory, because each person is different. It could be for a doctor, is the medical record, for the doctor is uh, too, too, too much to do at work and uh, HMOs and PPOs and all those things they are dealing with. So what is it that is working for you and what is it that is not working for you? And whatever is not working for you, you find help or you learn you, whatever you need to do. Uh, and regarding your patient, the healing starts when there is a good relationship between the physicians and their patients. And so we know now, and statistically, 78% in the recent survey said that's what they want. They want a better relationship with their patients. So what do you need to know? It's not about the quality of time that you, speak, you spend with your patients. It's, the one, <laughs> it's not about the quantity of time you spend with your patients. It's about the quality of time. And what I teach with my, my, my doctors is that be in the moment with the patients. And believe it or not, the patients know what is going on. Um, trust when they're telling you, I am not losing weight because I've done everything. Don't scold them. Keep your bias out of the door. 
And whenever you're with them, be right there with them and, and have that trust. And it doesn't matter whether you're working after an earthquake with 200 people waiting in line for you, no, no medical records, no pharmacy, or in the top best hospital. That is the key. Your relationship with that patient. Uh, check me, my website, www.drcowell.com. I have a CME for the soul that I'm going to uh, teach all the things that I've learned for the past 40 years. And also, I have a, I'm having a LinkedIn group uh, uh, about phys physicians maintaining uh, resilience for the joy of medicine. Thank you. So, I recently retired back in March from 16 years of hospital security. And uh, the whole COVID crisis thing came up and I just decided it was time. And I started doing um, full-time knife sharpening. I've been sharpening for about seven years, seven, eight years. And I wanted to tell you what I learned as a security officer in a hospital and what I've learned sharpening knives. So let me tell you that at 10,000 knives a year, the only thing that that really gives me is the ability to see what I'm doing. And as I say, to actually see the knife, see the contact point between the knife and my abrasive belt. Most times we think about a knife, we have an image. So we see it in the movies, it's got memories, but it's just a picture of the knife. And when we look at the knife, we don't see the knife. We just see that picture. And it's sort of like when you think about a street and they say, what color is the street? You say, the street's black. Well, the street is not black. It's every kind of color and texture imaginable. And the same thing is true with a knife. I look at the knife and I see angles and I see grind levels and I see metal and thickness and I see a certain kind of edge. And because I can see it, I can do an amazing job sharpening. In the hospital, after 16 years of being hospital security, it is exactly the same thing. So we get a call, there's a fight up on the sixth floor and we all pile into the elevator and we're all going up the elevator and everybody's all excited, there's a fight to hear the people are fighting and someone's gonna get hurt and everyone's all excited and they're waiting at the door, they're champing at the bit. And what I'm doing is I'm breathing and I'm going, breathe in, breathe out. Try to be as present as I possibly can. Door opens up, we all run down the hallway. We run into the room, everyone's ready for a fight. What I do is I come into that room and I try to look and see what is actually going on. And it's never black and white, it's never what we expect. The patient isn't always the bad guy, the nurse isn't always the good guy. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, but there's always a mix of something going on. And if you walk into that room and you look at it, and as you look at it, you see what's happening, you can stop the damage right there. And so, like sometimes we'll have a patient that'll be really upset and I go in the room, I talk for a little while, and I come out and the patient rolls, says, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. And so then the nurse says, well, how did you do that? And I say, I can teach you everything, everything I know in two minutes. No, yeah, well, how are you gonna do that? And I say, come here, sit down. And so they sit down, and I take their hand, and I look them in the eye and I say, are you okay? And then I wait. And they say, yeah, I'm fine. And I say, no, I'm serious. Are you okay? And they go, I, uh, whoa, uh, 
and tears will well up, or there'll be some kind of emotion will come up. And they'll pull in and say, what was that? And I say, how many times in this life does someone actually stop and pay attention to you? And they, they say, uh, never. And I say, there it is. If you walk into that room and you walk in and you actually see that patient and they're nervous and they're scared and there's this big corporation around them and stuff is going on. They don't know what's in the next room and they don't know what's going on. And if you walk in and you see them and you reach out and you recognize what's going on, that will change your career and you will become an advocate for the patient and they will love you. And that, after 16 years, is everything I learned in one little nutshell. It has to do with paying attention, with looking, and that comes with practice. Just like the knives, because of that practice with my knives, I can do things with a knife that nobody else can do. Hello, my name is Dr. Karen Panzarella. I'm pleased to be here and I'm pleased to have this opportunity to share a little bit of my experiences in the healthcare environment. I've been working in healthcare for over 33 years. I'm happy to say I've enjoyed every single minute of it. There are frustrations and challenges, but I think overall, if we work together, um, our outcomes are, are better and our disposition is better. So my advice to you, um, coming from a rehabilitation standpoint as a team player, my training is in physical therapy, um, is to always remember the team and remember that you are part of that, an um, equal partner with your patient and with the other healthcare providers. And remember the acronym TEAM, together everyone accomplishes more. Uh, we have better outcomes, we have better job satisfaction, and things as simple as just introducing yourself to your providers and your other team members when you enter a room or a meeting or you're walking in the hallway, asking them something about themselves. How's your day going? Uh, how are things with Mr. Wilson? Can you catch me up on how he's doing? Do you have any concerns? And including the patient in those short little conversations to let them know that we're all on the same page um, because it really is important um, to keep each and every one of us feeling supported, um, valued, and that we have a say. Um, a lot of our team members will have more information than others depending on how much time they spend with the patient. And so from a rehabilitation standpoint, a lot of the occupational, physical therapists, speech therapists, dietitians spend a lot of time with, with our clients and patients. And so that we have a lot of insight and that can be shared. And that's to the benefit of all of us. So uh, go in there and be a team player and make sure that everybody knows that we are in this, we're in the same team and we're in this together. Thanks. Hi, I am Joe Galatly, the CEO and co-founder of MedCurity. MedCurity.com is a HIPAA compliance platform for healthcare organizations. To new physicians, if you're going to be practicing independently, I just encourage you to not overlook compliance. The uh, fallout from any event or breach is just too significant and can really be detrimental to a practice. And there are tools and resources to make that uh, compliance journey, that effort more attainable than it's been in the past. If you're going to be employed by a health system, I just say thank your compliance officer and your IT group for taking care of that headache and uh, wish you the best. Hey there, friend. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman. I am the creator and founder of Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations 
I also am a physician life coach to physicians going through burnout. And I help you go from being burned out to badass because that inner badass, it's still in there. One piece of advice that I would give to early career physicians is get in touch with what you really want and then start moving towards that. Don't settle. And you need to act today and do it scared. I know. I know all the things you don't want to do, but I promise you do that. And my last little thing is to build accountability into your life. Your mom, your partner, they're all wonderful people that you go home to at night, but you really need to have professional accountability, be that a coach, a mentor, or someone who can help you transition from where you're going to absolutely where you want to be. Hang in there and remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Hi, this is John Jerica. I was one of the early guests on your podcast, Andrew, and I thank you for that. It was a lot of fun and it's great to hear all the success that you've had and the fact that you're kind of shifting your, in, your focus a little bit here. So congratulations on that. And I hope you have continued success. Now, I'm a family physician. Uh, I moved out of family medicine over time to become the chief medical officer for a hospital. Um, And then later on, I opened an urgent care center. I left my CMO job. And as I was doing that, I also started an online business where I uh, produce a weekly podcast called Physician Non-Clinical Careers Podcast. Um, and I'm the moderator for a 14,000-member Facebook group called Physician Non-Clinical Career Hunters. I also produce the Non-Clinical Career Academy, which is an online membership site with courses on it, and I'm a partner in the Clinician's Career Cooperative, which is for physicians and other clinicians who are thinking about shifting into a more non-clinical or non-traditional career. So uh, I I thank you for the opportunity to talk to maybe some early career physicians about any advice that I might have. Now, as you can understand, I tend to focus more on the shift from clinical to non-clinical, but for many of the non-clinical jobs, you have to have a clinical history. And so let me give some of the advice that I would give to residents and young physicians as they start their careers. First of all, be aware that there is a lot out there for you to possibly do in the future. You should definitely focus on what you're doing now and you should be as good as you can at what you do, meaning you should be impeccable because whatever you do later will build on this, whether it's clinical or non-clinical. Your reputation is very, very important. So again, you know, be responsible, be accountable, and impeccable in what you do. Now, another bit of advice having to do with either clinical or non-clinical, and that is that take advantage of mentors, okay? So when you come out of your training, it's pretty rare that you come out at the top of your game. I mean, you're at the top of your game at that point, but you will continue to learn for several years, really your whole career, but there's still a lot of learning that occurs in the first two or three years out of your residency or fellowship. You should interact on a regular basis with other physicians that you trust and have a lot of background and skill. Then um, that's true later on when you decide whether you're gonna continue in clinical medicine or even consider doing something part-time or full-time in the non-clinical realm because you will need mentors for that as well. So really, those are the two main things I'm thinking of. So with that, that's really all I have to say. 
And, uh, you know, if clinical medicine down the road is, is not your thing, look me up and uh, I'll try and help you make the transition into a non-clinical. But for now, just focus on what you're doing and be the best that you can be. All right. Thanks a lot, Andrew. And again, congratulations. Take care. Hey, my name is Lily Warnzak. I've been a registered nurse for 10 years. Half of that 10 years, I've worked in emergency medicine, and the other half, I've worked in inpatient psychiatry. Something I've been working on has been a page on Facebook called Inpatient Psychiatry. It's an online community where people from this field can come, share ideas, uh, share different evidence-based research, and hopefully communicate with one another to increase the quality of care of our patient population. The second thing I've been working on most recently is a page on Instagram and Facebook called Utica Nurses. This page is not just for nurses, although I know the name suggests that. It's also for other healthcare workers. Uh, Anybody you can think of that might uh, come into a patient's room, a social worker, dietary, housekeeping, respiratory therapist, physical therapist, doctors, nurses, healthcare technicians. Um, This page is for everybody. And the reason that I made these pages was because currently we have a lot of layoffs at our organization. Um, It's negatively affecting the patient care. There's increased falls, there's increased never events, uh, and we really need to get our staff back. So I'm trying to create awareness of what's going on in the hospital in hopes that our community of healthcare workers can come together and demand that our staff come back and they stop our hiring freeze. Um, So that's something I'm really excited about. I would love to have you join us on that journey and in that fight uh, if you're interested. If I could give a brand new doctor or an early career physician one piece of advice, it would definitely be to have a listening ear to your nurses. A lot of the nurses that you're gonna meet have been in this field for a very long time and they know what they're talking about. They're at the bedside with these patients a lot longer than you probably will be. They're able to notice slight variances in patient behaviors or vital signs that you're not gonna be able to see in a short period of time that you might be in the room or just by looking in the chart. Um, They have tons of information. They are always using those critical thinking aspects Um, of their brains to make sure everything's going to go smoothly. So they're kind of your buffer and it's going to be really important when you're working in a team to have a listening ear there. Everybody on your team is going to bring something, um, some aspect that you don't necessarily have that's going to be really beneficial to your patient and their outcomes. So that would be my piece of advice. Good luck. Hi, my name is Lindsay Bilson. I'm an outpatient physical therapist at Buffalo Rehab Group Physical Therapy. Advice that I would give an early career physician, and I might take a little bit of heat for this, but it's that not every patient can be helped or wants to be helped, and not every goal has to be 100%, has to be perfection. I think early on, you know, when I would write my patient notes and give them goals, everything was always 100% full max, absolute, you know, the highest function possible. And that's not the case after somebody's, you know, some of these injuries or diagnoses, some of their surgeries. It's important to let the patient recognize that as well. And that's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up over it, that it's not 
100%. It's not perfect. Um, helping them understand their new normal, setting those expectations, and teaching them how to modify, how to modify their lifestyle so that they can live their best function, their best lifestyle. Uh, another piece of advice is to always give that patient value. Uh, you know, in, as a physical therapist, for us, yeah, we give a lot of exercises and things like that, but sometimes the best thing I can give a patient is um, just my education, teaching them, you know, what their diagnosis is, what their expectation is. I might not have the answers to every single question that they have, but I'm investing time in them. If I don't have that answer, I'm gonna go find out for them. And I'm gonna give them the best response and the best care that they deserve. So no matter what it is, whether it's words, whether it's exercises, whether it's a phone call, an email follow-up, give the patient that value and make sure that they understand that we're in it together. We're in it as a team and we want the best for them. Hey Andrew and the rest of the Talk To Me Doc universe, Alex Perlman here, guest from episode 15. Really excited to see the new bent in direction of the show, Andrew. Um, so you asked me to answer a couple of questions, you know, see if I have any more advice for early career docs or any folks who are recently graduating. I gotta be honest, as someone who just graduated about three weeks ago, all the advice I have to give is probably more advice that was given to me rather than my own lived experience. But I think the most important thing is, uh, as shown by the pandemic, is the relationships that we have in our life, our friends, our patients, most importantly our family, and finding a good way to integrate your life and your work. You know, the idea of work-life balance is sort of a, a position, right? It's work or life, and I think that we have to find uh, a different way to integrate those two to really continue to have joy in what we do, while we also don't sacrifice our own personal well-being and our mental health uh, for the sake of doing that. I think the other thing is always trying to be grateful for the opportunities that we have and opportunities to help uplift others. You know, creating an inclusive culture in our life, in our work, in our, in our schools, wherever you may be, to help facilitate that everyone has the same things that you want for yourself. And I think that's what's going to make us be grateful and at the same time it's going to give us a, a sense of purpose in this life. Um, as far as me, I'm really excited. I'm still tweeting at Perlman's Pearls. Met History Monday has been really fun sharing with a lot of GIs as well as other professionals. And I'm finally starting my new job on August uh, 3rd, I believe, is my first day at Vanguard Gastroenterology. So if you're in New York City and you have some GI issues or questions, please feel free to make an appointment come see us. But otherwise, just follow me at Perlman's Pearls and check out some good medical history stuff. Hi, I'm Dr. Tom Davis, MD from Tom Davis Consulting. I mentor clinicians in how to create and run their own telemedicine practice as an independent contractor. I also uh, help uh, clinicians with uh, transitions into non-clinical and non-traditional careers. And I also uh, engage with the early career clinicians on how they can live a more balanced and fulfilling life. And if there's one piece of advice I give every early career clinician, it's this. Avoid debt and pay it off promptly. That means living the bohemian lifestyle through school, through residency, and into the first part of your training. That is a tremendous amount of self-denial, and it takes a lot of self-control. But for every dollar that you borrow over the life of the loan, you're going to have to pay back about $2.50. You are going to have to earn an additional 50% of that debt uh, before you can even begin to make payments because you got to pay taxes on your, uh, uh, on your income. Really, it is an enormous burden. Uh, the cost of a medical education uh, through a typical med school 
through the life of a loan can easily top $1.5 million once you count all of the uh, dollar bills that you paid back. So your strategy is clear. Understanding that debt is slavery, that the need to make that payment every month forces you to make decisions you wouldn't otherwise make uh, is key. And that means, uh, again, living the bohemian lifestyle earlier in career. It also means being prepared to go from uh, employed position to employed position uh, two or three times in order to maximize the uh, loan payback benefits that you have and also be prepared to negotiate on that. This payback amounts are one of the few things that uh, employers are willing to negotiate on. Really, I understand that this means that you're going to be living uh, a, uh, a lifestyle that you weren't expecting for almost half your life. But I tell you what, the only thing worse than being in debt when you're 35 years old is being in debt when you're 60. And once those debt payments go away, you have the freedom to live the life that you choose. Hey, Dr. Tisser and the Talk To Me Doc community. Thank you very much for having me on. My name is David Orozco with the One Small Bite podcast, the anti-diet podcast that takes one small change at a time to make peace with food, chop the diet mentality, fuel your body and nourish your soul. Here's one piece of advice that I can give to early career physicians and that is connect um, and build relationships with your healthcare professionals like myself, a registered dietitian nutritionist. I think that that is very vital to helping your patients and clients um, really get to a lot of those chronic conditions like hyperlipidemia, hypertension, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, and so on and so forth. So look out to build great relationships with physical therapists, nurses, registered dietitian, nutritionists, psychologists or therapists, social workers, because again, we complement a lot of what happens after you see the clients or before, of course. And then lastly, I just wanted to say, take care of yourself. I think that that's really, really important. Take time to take care of yourself. You are not your careers. There is so much more to you in your life to avoid that burnout, to that avoid that moral injury. There is so much more that is important for you. So take that time to take care of yourself. All right, Dr. Tisser, thank you so much. Keep rocking it. I love what you're doing, man. And uh, I hope this helps. Okay, folks, take care.